chapter three of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri murger translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter three lenten loves one evening in lent rodolphe returned home early with the idea of working but scarcely had he sat down at his table and dipped his pen in the ink then he was disturbed by a singular noise putting his ear to the treacherous partition that separated him from the next room he listened and plainly distinguished a dialogue broken by the sound of kisses and other amorous interruptions the deuce thought rodolphe glancing at his clock it is still early and my neighbour is the juliette who usually keeps her romeo till long after the lark has sung i cannot work to-night and taking his hat he went out ending in his key at the porter's lodge he found the porter's wife half clasped in the arms of a gallant the poor woman was so flustered that it was five minutes before she could open the latch in point of fact thought rodolphe there are times when porters grow human again passing through the door he found in its recess a sapper and a cook exchanging the luckpenny of love hang it said rodolphe alluding to the warrior and his robust companion you are heretics who scarcely think that we are in lent and he set off for the abode of one of his friends who lived in the neighbourhood if marcel is at home he said to himself we will pass the evening in abusing colline one must do something as he rapped vigorously the door was partly opened and a young man simply clad in a shirt and an eyeglass presented himself i cannot receive you said he to rodolphe why not asked the latter there said marcel pointing to a feminine head that had just peeped out from behind a curtain there is my answer it is not a pretty one said rodolphe who had just had the door closed in his face ah said he to himself when he got into the street what shall i do suppose i call on colline we could pass the time in abusing marcel passing along the rue de l'ouest usually dark and unfrequented rodolphe made out a shade walking up and down in melancholy fashion and muttering in rhyme ho ho said rodolphe who is this animated sonnet loitering here what colline what rodolphe where are you going to your place you won't find me there what are you doing here waiting what are you waiting for ah said colline in a tone of raillery what can one be waiting for when one is twenty when there are stars in the sky and songs in the air speak in prose i am waiting for a girl good night said rodolphe who went on his way continuing his monologue what said he is it st cupid's day and cannot i take a step without running up against people in love it is scandalously immoral what are the police about as the gardens of the luxembourg were still open rodolphe passed into them to shorten his road amidst the deserted paths he often saw flitting before him as though disturbed by his footsteps couples mysteriously interlaced and seeking as a poet has remarked the twofold luxury of silence and shade this said rodolphe is an evening borrowed from a romance and yet overcome despite himself by a languorous charm he sat down on a seat and gazed sentimentally at the moon in a short time he was wholly under the spell of a feverish hallucination it seemed to him that the gods and heroes in marble who peopled the garden were quitting their pedestals to make love to the goddesses and heroines their neighbours and he distinctly heard the great hercules recite a madrigal to the vedella whose tunic appeared to him to have grown singularly short 
from the seat he occupied he saw the swan of the fountain making its way towards a nymph of the vicinity good thought rodolphe who accepted all this mythology there is jupiter going to keep an appointment with leda provided always that the park-keeper does not surprise them then he leaned his forehead on his hand and plunged further into the flowery thickets of sentiment but at this sweet moment of his dream rodolphe was suddenly awakened by a park-keeper who came up and tapped him on the shoulder it is closing time sir said he that is lucky thought rodolphe if i had stayed here another five minutes i should have had more sentiment in my breast than is to be found on the banks of the rhine or in alphonse carr's romances and he hastened from the gardens humming a sentimental ballad that was for him the marseillaise of love half an hour later goodness knows who he was at the prado seated before a glass of punch and talking with a tall fellow celebrated on account of his nose which had the singular privilege of being aquiline when seen sideways and a snub when viewed in front it was a nose that was not devoid of sharpness and had a sufficiency of gallant adventures to be in such a case to give good advice and be useful to its friend so said alexander schaunard the man with the nose you are in love yes my dear fellow it seized on me just now suddenly like a bad toothache in the heart pass me the tobacco said alexander fancy continued rodolphe for the last two hours i have met nothing but lovers men and women and couples i had the notion of going into the luxembourg gardens where i saw all manner of phantasmagorias that stirred my heart extraordinarily elegies are bursting from me i bleat and i coo i am undergoing a metamorphosis and am half lamb half turtle-dove look at me a bit i must have wool and feathers what have you been drinking said alexander impatiently you are chaffing me i assure you that i am quite cool replied rodolphe that is to say no but i will announce to you that i must embrace something you see alexander it is not good for man to live alone in short you must help me to find a companion we will stroll through the ballroom and the first girl i point out to you you must go and tell her that i love her why don't you go and tell her yourself replied alexander in his magnificent nasal bass eh my dear fellow said rodolphe i can assure you that i have quite forgot how one sets about saying that sort of thing in all my love stories it has been my friends who have written the preface and sometimes even the denouement i never know how to begin it is enough to know how to end said alexander but i understand you i knew a girl who loved the oboe perhaps you would suit her ah said rodolphe i should like her to have white gloves and blue eyes the deuce blue eyes i won't say no but gloves you know that we can't have everything at once however let us go into the aristocratic regions there said rodolphe as they entered the saloon favoured by the fashionables of the place there is one who seems nice and quiet and he pointed out a young girl fairly well dressed who was seated in a corner very good replied alexander keep a little in the background i am going to launch the fire-ship of passion for you when it is necessary to put in an appearance i will call you for ten minutes alexander conversed with the girl who from time to time broke out in a joyous burst of laughter and ended by casting towards rodolphe a smiling glance which said plainly enough come your advocate has won the cause come said alexander the victory is ours the little one is no doubt far from cruel but put on an air of simplicity to begin with you have no need to recommend me to do that then give me some tobacco said alexander and go and sit down beside her 
good heavens said the young girl when rodolphe had taken his place by her side how funny your friend is his voice is like a trumpet that is because he is a musician two hours later rodolphe and his companion halted in front of a house in the rue st denis it is here that i live said the girl well my dear louise when and where shall i see you again at your place at eight o'clock to-morrow evening for sure there here is my pledge replied louise holding up her rosy cheek to rodolphe's who eagerly tasted this ripe fruit of youth and health rodolphe went home perfectly intoxicated ah said he striding up and down his room it can't go off like that i must write some verses the next morning his porter found in his room some thirty sheets of paper at the top of which stretched in solitary majesty of line ah love o oh, love fair prince of youth that morning contrary to his habits rodolphe had risen very early and although he had slept very little he got up at once ah he exclaimed to-day is the great day but then twelve hours to wait how shall i fill up these twelve eternities and as his glance fell on his desk he seemed to see his pen wriggle as though intending to say to him work ah yes work indeed a fig for prose i won't stop here it reeks of ink he went off and settled himself in a cafe where he was sure not to meet any friends they would see that i am in love he thought and shape my ideal for me in advance after a very brief repast he was off to the railway station and got into a train half an hour later he was in the woods of ville d'evray rodolphe strolled about all day let loose amongst rejuvenated nature and only returned to paris at nightfall after having put the temple which was to receive his idol in nature rodolphe arrayed himself for the occasion greatly regretting not being able to dress in white from seven to eight o'clock he was a prey to the sharp fever of expectation a slow torture that recalled to him the old days and the old loves which had sweetened them then according to habit he already began to dream of an exalted passion a love affair in ten volumes a genuine lyric with moonlight setting suns meetings beneath the willows jealousies sighs and all the rest he was like this every time chance brought a woman to his door and not one had left him without bearing away any aureola about her head and a necklace of tears about her neck they would prefer new boots or a bonnet his friend remarked to him but rodolphe persisted and up to this time the numerous blunders he had made had not sufficed to cure him he was always awaiting a woman who would consent to pose as an idol an angel in a velvet gown to whom he could at his leisure address sonnets written on willow leaves at length rodolphe heard the holy hour strike and as the last stroke sounded he fancied he saw the cupid and psyche surmounting his clock entwine their alabaster arms about one another at the same moment two timid taps were given at the door rodolphe went and opened it it was louise you see i have kept my word said she rodolphe drew the curtain and lit a fresh candle during this operation the girl had removed her bonnet and shawl which she went and placed on the bed the dazzling whiteness of the sheets caused her to smile and almost to blush louise was rather pleasing than pretty her fresh-coloured face presented an attractive blending of simplicity and archness it was something like an outline of gruitze touched up by gavarni all her youthful attractions were cleverly set off by a toilette 
which although very simple attested in her that innate science of coquetry which all women possess from their very first swaddling clothes to their bridal robe louise appeared besides to have made an especial study of the theory of attitudes and assumed before rodolphe who examined her with the artistic eye a number of seductive poses her neatly shod feet were of satisfactory smallness even for a romantic lover smitten by andalusian or chinese miniatures as to her hands their softness attested idleness in fact for six months past she had no longer any reason to fear needle-pricks in short louise was one of those fickle birds of passage who from fancy and often from necessity make for a day or rather a night their nest in the garrets of the students quarter and remain there willingly for a few days if one knows how to retain them by a whim or by some ribbons after having chatted for an hour with louise rodolphe showed her as an example the group of cupid and psyche isn't it paul and virginia yes replied rodolphe who did not want to vex her at the outset by contradicting her they are very well done said louise alas thought rodolphe gazing at her the poor child is not up to much as regards literature i am sure that her only orthography is that of the heart i must buy her a dictionary however as louise complained of her boots incommoding her he obligingly helped her to unlace them all at once the light went out hello examined rodolphe who has blown the candle out a joyful burst of laughter replied to him a few days later rodolphe met one of his friends in the street what are you up to said the latter one no longer sees anything of you i am studying the poetry of intimacy replied rodolphe the poor fellow spoke the truth he sought from louise more than the poor girl could give him an oaten pipe she had not the strains of a lyre she spoke too so to say the jargon of love and rodolphe insisted upon speaking the classic language thus they scarcely understood each other a week later at the same ball at which she had found rodolphe louise met a fair young fellow who danced with her several times and at the close of the entertainment took her home with him he was a second year's student he spoke the prose of pleasure very fluently and had good eyes and a well-lined pocket louise asked him for ink and paper and wrote to rodolphe a letter couched as follows do not reckon on me at all i send you a kiss for the last time good-bye louise as rodolphe was reading this letter on reaching home in the evening his light suddenly went out hello said he reflectively it is the candle i first lit on the evening that louise came it was bound to finish with our union if i had known i would have chosen a longer one he added in a tone of half annoyance half of regret and he placed his mistress's note in a drawer which he sometimes styled the catacomb of his loves one day being at marcel's rodolphe picked up from the ground to light his pipe with a scrap of paper on which he recognized his handwriting and the orthography of louise i have said he to his friend an autograph of the same person only there are two mistakes the less in yours does not that prove that she loved me better than you that proves that you are a simpleton replied marcel white arms and shoulders have no need of grammar end of chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine